Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of the Get Behind Fanny podcast. Working together on these audio adventures are Fanny's drummer, Alice DeBure, daughter of Fanny's manager, Roy Silver, and historian, Dr. Kristen Hilaire Glasgow. And I'm Byron Wilkins, lifelong Fanny fan and webmaster of the FannyRocks.com website. Hello, ladies, and Happy New Year! <laughs> happy, <laughs> happy New Year, Byron. Happy New happy Year, Kristen. Happy New Year to the both of you and to everyone. 2021. Yeah. We're there. And we're, and we're sober. Yeah. <laughs> are you how did that okay. happen at the moment you know give me five minutes hang on well i am i am sober but i'm also really excited about today's episode because we're going to be listening to two songs from mother's pride which is my favorite album mm. polecat blues um an original and old hat which is a cover for fanny that we made our own I can't wait to listen to both songs. And we've had questions and comments about each song that I can't wait to get to, most especially our UFOs, Apple Scruff and Nigel and Angie. So let's listen uh, to a bit of June's Polecat Blues to get us started here. And then you can tell us on the other side, Alice, why you decided to open the song with Bitch, Bitch, Bitch. Bitch, <laughs> Bitch, Bitch. I've been feeling this I even beat up my I've been feeling messy, even made up my tongue. And if things don't get better, gonna check it on and sleep in a hollow lung. Well, my clothes are funky, I haven't got a pair of shoes. My clothes are funky, I haven't got a pair of can't believe actually that's Alice's voice saying bitch 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 because believe it or not for all these years i've thought it was nikki oh <laughs> really i can't believe I that can so here it's alice sorry. Yeah. <laughs> byron you and i yes. we've, we've worked together since what 2005 2000 yeah whatever ever and it's, here bitch 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 now do you there know you now well, you i get it now get well it now. the story behind that bitch 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 is we were cutting the basic tracks and um Nikki was being being Nikki obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nikki was being Nikki, and I wanted to tell her to you know get on the board here, lady. And I didn't want to piss her off more by going bitch, 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 Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> so I did bitch, bitch, bitch to be kind of funny about it, but uh, or passive aggressive. Yeah, that's that's true, Kristen. Hey, whatever it took to get that track, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you talked to June this week, and I listened to the interview that you did with her, and she said, it surprised me so much when she said that she thought this was, she looked at this as a, a writing exercise. I was so surprised hearing her say that, too, because I think yeah. of it as so much more than a writing exercise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she hit it out of the ballpark if that was a writing exercise. But let's listen to June in her own words. Pretty sure it was a writing exercise. Because, you see, when Jean and I were in the Philippines, when we were growing up, we never even heard of the blues. 
you know? So it was not a language that we spoke musically. And it was Lowell George who drove up to the house one day and he brought me a couple of records that we listened to together, Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters, I believe. And I was completely blown away. I mean, I already was doing some of the licks because of the R&B that we were doing. You know, I mean, blues is in everything. Well, I think I get where June is coming from, as this song is, in in my opinion, a mm-hmm. boilerplate blues song. Yeah. You know, it's a good song. I'm not knocking it, you know, it's, and all that. Mm-hmm. But it could be interpreted as an exercise uh, in writing a blues style song, because even mm-hmm. though rock and roll has its roots in blues, there's a big difference between Fanny's rock and roll and the True's blues songs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I half agree with you, Byron. I mean, I do mm-hmm. see it as sure. boilerplate you know, blues song, but I feel there's an originality brought to this version Mm -hmm. because I think of Fanny's playing the tightness of the band. There's a, there's a funkiness to the sound. There's, I don't know. I, I really, Mm -hmm. really appreciate it. And just for those that may not have listened to uh, the get behind Fanny podcast on episode seven, we discussed in depth, Bonnie Raitt and her friendship with the band, including how Bonnie Raitt taught June how to make a homemade slide on ain't that peculiar. So she was taking or steeped in and taking the idea of the Southern blues for a few years during Fanny. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that podcast, it's worth it. And I don't know about the two of you. I mm. never have recovered from the spider part of June. Oh, God. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a great story, it. but it's it a great spiders. story. Yeah. The visual yeah. is still there. Yeah. But in any event, let's get back to June and her thoughts on the song and more about how she was tapping into the idea of blues. Blues is and everything. So that was a writing exercise. And now that I listen to the song, I'm like, hey, that, you know, that wasn't bad for a Filipina woman or half Filipino. You know, that's pretty good. Um, it has, you know, the references to the hollow log. It has all sorts of stuff in it. And it's not just the pure blues because I could never really do that. You know, I, I feel like a fake, but, you know, we always thought about everything we did and we jumped into that boy. And I am really proud of it. I, I hadn't listened to it in years, to tell you the truth, except for doing it on my live stream with uh, Earl Slick. But I hadn't really listened that close, closely to it. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of what I hear now. Yeah, well, she should be. And I was, when when I was talking to June during the interview, I was saying to her that I see many people attempt to write a blues song. And to me, they're often like cheap knockoffs of trying to, you know, create the blues. But there is such an authenticity to her lyrics, even the log and the dog. She wasn't forcing it in any way. And that's what I think is authentic about it. And Byron, maybe that's what I meant about it. I don't see it completely as boilerplate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there was, she was allowing or co-opting the blues instead of trying to put herself into a genre, right? So right. anyway, I want you to hear how she described approaching the vocals to the song. I found it fascinating. Well, yeah. you know, I sang it as a straight man. You know, I was totally serious the whole way through. And everyone's cavorting around me. And it's a really great counterpoint to everything that's swirling around me. And, you know, actually, there's a lot going on in that song. I hadn't realized it until I listened to it closely recently. And I was pretty darn impressed. Shot him right through 
Well, first of all, uh, you know, I was trying to follow in that kind of blues theme where you're in a bad mood or you're sad or you're depressed or you're at the end of your line. And all I could get out in the first verse was I even beat up my dog, which I didn't have a dog in Fanny, and I never beat up my dog. So I just wanted to say that that was my idea of what the blues were. It wasn't just straight-ahead blues. We kind of made it our own, and I managed to come up with a song that was, I guess, interesting to everyone because we recorded it, and I think we did a darn great job. And actually, I listened to it today, and starting on the second verse, there's a sound that goes along with the snare, and it sounds like two garbage cans being hit together. I don't that's, even know what that is. That's what we thought, too. It sounded like garbage cans. It's a great sound. That was Jean at the end there, and the we that Jean was referring to is her friend and Fanny podcast fan, Vicki Davis. Hey, Vicki. Hey, Vicki. <laughs> so, Alice, one of the questions that Nigel, our podcast friend, had to ask, and he's a drummer himself, he wanted to know at hashtag Ask Alice, mm-hmm. quote, mm-hmm. Alice, were you hitting a trash can in the left-hand channel? That metallic noise makes me think you were banging the lid up and down as a makeshift snare drum sound, close quote. Well, to, to start with, after the basic tracks were done, everything was overdubbed. And the sound that Nigel is talking about or asking about, it does sound like trash can lids, um, either being struck by a, a hammer maybe or st- struck together like, you know, marching band cymbals. Mm-hmm. But Todd, on this song in particular, he added a different percussion uh, sound on the two and the four of each verse, as as each new verse came, he added another, you know, <laughs> some something that would be interesting to build it up. Mm-hmm. Well, let's listen to this clip with that garbage lid sound. And there's some great uh, Nicky honky tonk keyboards on oh, this yeah. as well. I, I love the percussion on this, and I and I love that Todd put it in the song because I really like mm-hmm. the song. But I do not like how June's vocals—he buried June's vocals progressively yeah. through the song, so that yeah. you can't hear some of the great lyrics that she wrote for this song. Her presentation, though, is perfect. Okay. I, I agree with you on every level, Alice. Her lyrics on this, again, I just think are fantastic. Also, at the part where she says, I pulled out my pistol, I took a swig and shot him right through the knee. I was aiming high, but I missed. I mean, that <laughs> is such a great line. And oh, you, have to line. Str- you have to strain to hear that. And so, right. yeah, I wish her vocals had been louder because the presentation on them really, really was perfect. Yeah. And the other part I love so much about these lyrics is, yes, she was tapping into a genre in the South, Mm -hmm. polka, blues, Mm -hmm. even the title. But then she evokes the West with California, which at the time was becoming the new music mecca away from New York. Mm -hmm. And so for her to talk about the sun, longing to be in California with the sun in my pocket, smoking weed, that's such a California (laughs) reference. And I just love the way... She bridged both cultural, cultural, excuse me, and geographical mindsets. Brilliant.
And to all the bullies out there who used to beat me up in seventh grade for playing clarinet up yours, because this song <laughs> has a freaking clarinet in it. And it's got a slide trombone. And oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like one of those uh, New Orleans uh, funeral drum lines oh, yeah, or whatever yeah, they yeah. call them, not Dixieland. Yeah, yeah. But the ones that go no, through no. the streets, I mean, that's that's, right. it yeah. sounds so much like that. It's incredible. Yeah. I love it. And and being an 80s kid, I could so see the video on MTV of Fanny in an old juke joint, you know, or a speakeasy and oh, Mickey yeah. playing at the piano saloon style. Oh, I could just yeah, see it. Yeah, and, and I'm there with all eight arms playing all the percussion, right, Kristen? <laughs> Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Oh, for those who don't know the reference, it's when, speaking of Ain't That Peculiar, Alice had to tell me that she did not play every percussion part, even though I tried to learn it as a kid. Anyway, I digress. Yes. (laughs) But the thing I love about the sound, as well as the Dixieland feel, it's, it's like Todd so went with experimentation it's like mm-hmm. he threw everything in and put the kitchen sink oh no you know? he, he threw in the kitchen sink too he, he, <laughs> he put horns in there Kristen. Uh-oh. yeah <laughs> but you know what the horns worked in this yeah. song well that's because it's not a fucking mariachi band come on <laughs> well i think our listeners yeah. who play in mariachi bands are going to wonder why you hate them anyway <laughs> exactly <laughs> Let's hear what both June and Jean had to say in response to Nigel's comment that the Beatles could have had this song on the White Album. You know, I mean, I'm honored to hear that. Um, I don't know if that's 100% true, but I'm, I love that he thinks that. And you could almost imagine it, actually. You really could. Yeah, well, if it was on the, on the Beatles album, I mean, of course, it will be automatically accepted because it's the Beatles. And I think Jeannie is so right about that. Had the Beatles... Oh yeah, had this been on the White Album, it would have been mm-hmm. in, interpreted and reinterpreted, and oh, every gosh, single yeah. line would have been dissected in the brilliance yeah. of it. And just you know, like everything and, else on the White Album, exactly, yeah. or every <laughs> Beatles album, yeah. you know. But, right. <laughs> but Byron, let's hear the rest of the song. That's so great. Yeah, and I love it at the end there where Nikki comes in with the high, lordy, lordy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. but I yeah. do I do hear an anvil in there. And what, What's an anvil? Well, an anvil is the steel, uh, metal, uh, oh. probably cast iron block that okay. a blacksmith uses to hammer out the steel when he takes it out of the Ford and he hammers it on oh, something like to flatten or something else yeah. yeah exactly that's that's an anvil 
and the coyote yeah. uses it to drop on the roadrunner. Okay, now yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, um, Mother's Pride, every song is so different. I mean, it still remains, I think, pretty much my favorite album. But that's, I truly love it now. Yeah, it's the album that I, it was my go-to album, I, you know. I can I, I lose myself in how really tight we had become as a band by then, um, and and how we dared to embrace that whole new picture of who Fanny was and who our what our sound was, leaving Richard Perry behind, and then Todd Rundgren, you know, with all of his different sounds. But if you look at the album and the songs on the album, all of them are different. You've got uh, "Last Night I Had a Dream" that we discussed in the last episode. Um, which is eerie and creepy and long road home. And then solid gold, that silly, you know, parody of ourselves to, is it really you and all mine, which are love songs, you know, but then you get Mm -hmm. to old hat, which is just this beautiful, beautiful song. And it's the next song that we're going to talk about today. And it can bring me to tears every time I listen to it. Alice, did you just pivot i did that was i beautiful i did i pivoted here we go pivot it was so smooth mm-hmm. that was really tasty mm-hmm. i've taught you well <laughs> yeah you did and, and I, who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks yeah yeah I, I listened to it you know and i thought old dog old hat da, da, da. Oh, oh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, this song was originally done by the English band, wait for it, Uncle Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and it really does bring me to tears, too. There is something so deep and provocative mm-hmm. about the song, and it really is a particular favorite of mine. And it is another cover by Fanny, but as usual, Fanny made it their own. this song yeah, I do too yeah and when Nikki brought it to us um I immediately fell in love with it um it was it's just such a such a such a pretty song and I think June uh pretty much remembers it the same way I'm pretty sure uh Nikki brought old hat to the band because Sam Mitchell her boyfriend in England band was doing that song I had recorded it and she fell in love with it and I think our interpretation of the song the way it was originally uh, recorded took it a really a great step further. It's got the whimsical aspect, but it also has this incredible yearning that has to do with these mysterious, to me still, mysterious words. You know, it's it's like a gift wrapped in a 
fantasy or mystery. I can't quite grab it. And I think that's why we love the song so much. It's like mist rising from a river. You can't quite grab it, but you can try to approximate the feeling. And I think that's what we did. Well, this song haunts me from the moment it begins with Nikki's piano. Mm-hmm. And I'm, again, I'm so glad we're talking about this song because Apple Scruff, Nigel and Angie, uh, podcast fans and friends, all wrote fabulous takes or interpretations of the song. Yeah. And all Apple Scruff and Nigel's are unfortunately too long for us to read on the podcast. Yeah. So we're going to be posting each one on the Fanny Rocks website under episode 17. Cool. Because yes. it's really worth your time and it, to read them. They're, it's such a treat. And then you'll get to hear the song in a whole different way. So for now, though, let's quote Angie. She said, quote, old hat, love the track, does more than justice to the original version and takes it quite a few steps farther. The harmonies are sublime, close quote. So throw back your head. The harmonies really are sublime. Perfect word for it. And here's what June had to say on the Fanny cover, the lyrics and the overall mystery meaning of the song. And that's what I'm saying. We kept trying to go after and approximate the mystery, the deep welling up of emotion that came up inside of us. Because I know that when we were rehearsing at a Fanny Hill in the living room, I can remember we were set up in the living room with the sandstone tiles and all that. And we really took that song over. We made it our own, and we played it over and over again. In particular, I remember, you know, we would do the first part of it kind of sparely with no drums, and then Alice would come in with that tom-tom filler, whatever she did, and then she's in, you know? And then you're on another level with the song. And we kind of waited for that. You know, there's certain songs like that, where we made them our own, and I really feel that about Old Hat. And what's interesting is both Nigel and Apple Scruff on their analysis of the song brought up the meaning and metaphor of the second verse about the rose and yet had absolutely different takes on it. Fascinating. Like, you know, what did the rose mean? What did it represent? 
the gender of the song. Why was it not switched? It's so cool to hear the different takes on it. Yeah. I really liked what Apple Scruff wrote um, about the instrumentation. And I'm going to read it. So, quote, the acoustic guitar fills the soundscape at this point, accompanying the piano on the main riff leading into the second verse. I didn't even realize it was missing until it made its magnificent appearance. The song has become so much bigger so gradually. Again, the right instrumentation is used precisely when it's needed, close quote. And to me, that just so reaffirms the the podcast and why we're doing it. You know, that people are mm-hmm. taking the time to really listen to the songs and hear mm-hmm. them and feel them and then write with such emotion and clarity. You know, they're do- giving us their interpretation of our interpretation of a song. And that's the whole thing, you know, about engaging with the fans on this podcast. It's just been, you know, that's such a gift, a big gift for me. And, and I'm just struck by your drumming on the song. So, you know, oh, once yeah. again, a song doesn't kick ass until the drummer comes yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do like my drumming on this song a lot because a lot of times, a lot of the Fanny songs, I'm right there from the beginning, you know, sitting on the beat and just everything then piles in on top of it. But on this song, it was really cool just to hold back in the first song, part mm-hmm. of the song, you know, the first couple of verses, and then to come in with a force, you know, to add that other dimension or fullness yeah. that I always thought drums could do for a song absolutely and angie had added to her comment quote the drumming's not bad either." <laughs> quote. <laughs> and as apple scruff wrote quote then come those thundering drums hell fucking yes yeah. <laughs> and then he yeah. adds alice says yeah alice has held back so carefully for so long and here she comes to take the song to a new level as she is so often want to do close quote cool And I so agree with Apple Scruff when he said, quote, again, the right instrumentation is used precisely when it's needed, close quote. Mm -hmm. You know, that could be Mm -hmm. applied to the whole song for sure. I agree. Yeah. But here's what June and Jean had to say about it. Well, it's a fantastic motif. You know, it's 
almost reminds you of just going straight to the Middle Ages. Couldn't you hear some other instruments playing that? I mean, lute or whatever, you know, that would have that tone. It's that kind of melody. It already leaves you wanting something. And that is what the whole song is about. It's about longing. And I'll have to say that Nikki took that intro. She took that motif and, and she created that instant world around it, you know, and we were all there for it. We were all there. We supported that. You can feel it. You can hear it in every word we sang, every note we played. And I have a lot of respect for that. Honestly, I have a lot of respect for Fanny these days because I know how hard it is to achieve all that. The bass playing on the song, I just love. I have, it's kind of straight ahead, except for bits here and there where I do a melodic thing that really, I think was quite beautiful that went along with it being ethereal, you know. So I was, when I listened back to it, I was pretty proud of what I played on the bass. I thought it was so fitting for what we wanted to do on the song. Yeah, and Jeannie does add some really, really melodic notes here to, mm-hmm. to the song, but we've really dissected it, and we've just given it in parts, but I'd really like to hear it all the way through, if you guys don't mind. And sure. Kristen, oh, I, would. Kristen you're, I, of course, would love it, yes. You're going you're, you're <laughs> to need Kleenex, so... Uh, right nearby, oh, right nearby. Okay. But I, I do, I want to say one thing before we listen mm-hmm. to it, because there was a theme, whether it's Jeannie calling the song ethereal or June referring to Nikki creating this world. Mm-hmm. And Apple Scruff and Nigel both use the word ethereal as well. Right. And I just think there's something about this intangibleness of the song that is so compelling. So I can't wait for us to listen to it in its entirety.
chills. <laughs> Goosebumps, yeah. chills. Sniffles. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, the, the line, throw back your head, do what you feel, is going to be my mantra for 2021. Yep. You just I just you love feel. this song. But did yep. you guys notice? Well, I noticed, but I want to mention June's 12th string throughout the whole song is, Beautiful. it's just gorgeous. It's really, really It really pretty. is. And, and it evokes the Middle Ages yes. that she was talking yes. about. Yep, I agree. Just beautiful. Yep. And I just wanted to, uh, since we're all agreeing here, I just wanted to agree with you too. <laughs> that listening to the album like this now yep. has brought a whole new appreciation for Mother's Pride. I, I've made it no secret that in the past that I consider this my least favorite Fanny album. Yep. But mm -hmm. listening to it now with uh, our new 2021 years, it, it really shows the variety of sounds and styles that were presented on the album. Yep. It, it's like listening to it for the very first time. It really is. Oh, I'm glad. You That's know, cool, when we were listening to the whole song, I said, Byron, I know you're listening to this in a different <laughs> way, maybe for the first time. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with you. Thanks. And again, we'll be posting Nigel and Apple Scruff's writings on Old Hat on the Fanny Rocks website mm -hmm. under episode 17. Yeah. So please have a look and we hope it inspires others to write in comments about Fanny songs for future podcasts. Yeah, I, I hope so too, Kristen. And since we uh, share secrets here on the podcast, I wanted to share, this is how I hear the first lyric of the song. Uh, it says, found an old hat on the ground, you know it fit me, but then found an old dog in the park, you know he bit me. I always hear that every time. <laughs> That takes on a really different meaning. Yeah. For these lyrics. I'd be more for a blues song, right? Yeah. <laughs> and going back to polecat blues. Yeah. There you go. Makes, makes me feel bad for Snickers, Byron. That's all I can tell you. Snickers, Snickers. is uh, Byron's dog. My dog. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, you Cute. two. I think we've, yeah. we've, we've laughed today. We've cried today. I think we've cried enough for 2020, quite frankly. But, oh. uh, yeah. yeah, 2021 is today. We are going to mm -hmm. move forward and we'll probably cry again, I'm sure. But Kristen, what do you have planned for the next episode? Well, for the next episode, 18, we are going to be honoring the American inauguration yes. of the historic election yes. of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Yep. Ooh, here come the tears again. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't go there. We're going to, <laughs> I'm trying, tears of joy. We're going to be discussing two Fanny songs that seem to fit the bill for this. Mm -hmm. And we had mentioned them on our Go Vote podcast, episode 12. So we're going to be listening to Regular Guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm satisfied. Perfect. We're also going to be giving a birthday bakery shout out for our January listeners. So let us know if you have a birthday in January at the Fanny Rocks website, yeah. again, under episode 17, yep. so we can be sure to include you. But for now, here's a teaser of I'm Satisfied. I like to shake your hand. You're a kind and gracious man. And you'd be any mother's pride. Feels so good. I 
Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, I know that I am very satisfied with the outcome of the 2020 election. Fuck yeah. As, oh, as yeah. I think the three of us are. <laughs> yeah. So, Byron, why don't you give us the social media? On Twitter, you can find us at rocks underscore Fanny. On Instagram, at Fanny Rocks underscore 1970. On Facebook, simply as Fanny Rock Band. Over on YouTube, at Fanny Rocks. And uh, drop by the official Fanny website at FannyRocks.com and you can use the hashtags ask, oh, excuse me, ask Alice. Is that an ask? Don't you dare ask, ask me. <laughs> uh, or June Jams or Jean Genie or Nikki Notes uh, hashtags uh, on social media to ask us questions. I also want to share something with everybody that Fanny is now up to 10,000 followers on Spotify. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. And in October, Fanny had 30,000 listens. Wow. Wow. So yes. isn't that incredible? I don't know if all of my listens count. Um, I'm well, I think, I think, but... you, I think you make up about 15,000, don't you, Kristen? <laughs> I think I pretty much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that is pretty amazing. Well, that's a great way to end the year, I think. And it's a great mm -hmm. way to end the podcast. That's a wrap Ooh. and a pivot. Byron, hit it. Hit it. <laughs>